0: Preaching,
1: preaching The unknown, unknown, unknown
2: Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show Where our hearts are our master A production of CosmicReality.com And welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's June 13th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. So, um, okay, hi, Walt. We had a very good Shungite show this morning. Um, I highly recommend everybody listen to it. It will play directly after this one, but I'll get it up in the uh, archives and on the podcast as soon as I can. Because Derek explained a very... uh, Woo woo event that occurred, and that led into a very uh, i think important discussion about contracts and how we create contracts that get us in trouble because we don't really think in terms of contracts so it's uh, uh to protect pass-
1: yourself from psychic assessments
2: and that too yes yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's a it's a a different show different well it's different and uh it was very very informative i i was surprised that he went to that subject myself um yeah this morning we started off and i had a technical problem and derek was there and walt was there and we're all trying to figure it out and just just seconds before we i didn't know what we were going to do because i still wasn't live and the station couldn't get up but i could get it up but if my Walt could get it up but then Derek was leaving in 45 minutes, and I still wouldn't have had a fixed computer. And it, all of a sudden, it miraculously, because Walt was working on it, uh, they, my sound came back, and boom, 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 we got up there right away. But by the time we got there, I said, "Derek, just stop talking. I gotta, I gotta come down from this because it was like kind of high stressful anyway." But uh, and then he started on that story, and I was like, "Oh, wow, this is." This is going to be interesting, and it it really was. So I I missed you. I saw that you weren't there, Dolly, but I didn't know where you were, so I didn't try to hunt you down.
0: I I was busy doing I don't know what.
2: Yeah. I really
0: yeah. don't. It was so. a it was a, a exciting day here because of the tile delivery. So.
2: Now, you're putting in the same tile throughout the house?
0: Yes, except for the bedrooms and the main bathroom. And my bathroom, yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, We're putting
0: it through the hallway, the dining room, and the living room and the kitchen. Okay. Okay,
2: so you got, got it all? I mean, you got the bedroom stuff, too?
0: No, we're not oh. doing the bedrooms. We're keeping the bedrooms the way oh, they I are.
2: I see, I see. So it's just the main part of the house that you're... Right, right. Because yep. the
0: bedrooms have recently been done, uh, and the bathroom, well, my bathroom, the other bathroom is still not done.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> we might get that yeah. done in the, my lifetime.
2: How How is Jake doing?
0: Um. Uh, He does better and then he does worse. And then he does better and then he does worse. But when I say better, I mean he can stand up for longer than a few minutes.
1: Oh, boy. Wow. That thing really did a number of things.
0: Yes, it did. It was nasty stuff. And he said it. This is really You wouldn't believe how bad it is. And I'm looking at him and I say, well, then why the hell are you doing it?
1: But that, the the doctors are sure this is pneumonia and uh some because this is like major poisoning not pneumonia pneumonia
0: I don't know I didn't get into that with him well wow. mm. He's too sick to talk
3: like that mm.
2: plus, plus the doctors just they, they don't know enough to know anything Yeah puppets Yeah it's puppets, puppets. I tell you. <laughs> so, um, okay. So you said you had a list, and is the well? You just tell me what's on your list. I guess I won't try to tell you it out. what's
0: on my list. Yeah. What's well, on your list? Okay. So, um, I have what General Patton said, and I want to correct the UFO thing that I told you about and got interrupted, so I forgot to add the most important thing. And then I have an article I want to read to the chat room. NFL champ Harrison Butker makes a statement with pro-life necktie at White House Visit. And I have, hold on, where did I put Do do I have that? Mm, It might be on my phone. I might have put this other one. I have a few things. Oh, damn it. Let's see. Uh, Here we go. There's my notes. Open up. Uh, Let's see. Push on you. Oh, I just wanted to, this one other battle at night. Yes, I, I got that on this note. There. Okay, yeah. Push on UFOs is happening, and I was going to ask Jan about the UFO situation in U.K., but we were pretty busy that night. Uh, and uh, And that's all. So... You have a preference on what I do first?
2: No, whichever one you want to go with, hon.
0: Okay, I would like to correct the UFO uh, or the when I was telling you all about the the thunder being different and uh, how it was. It's on the other side of my house. It's on the west side of my house that it was happening, southwest. And it sounded like strange, strange thunder, like a battle. The last time we saw it, we didn't hear it. We saw the lights, you know. This time I heard the thunder type noise, because I don't know how to describe it any other way, but it wasn't thunder, but it was a noise like that. And there was also a plane that stayed in the same spot, like a helicopter hovers. Well, this airplane it was like an airplane motor, it stayed in the same spot for 15 or 20 minutes while all this uh booming and uh, and thunder stuff was going on. So, um, that's what made a sound well, that
1: sounds like a what it, a decoy it, it looked like a plane but it wasn't
0: we didn't see it we heard it oh we didn't see anything we just it was the sounds this time
1: oh so it sounded like a plane but nothing necessarily be a plane right Hmm. okay,
2: okay if it was all right, if getting ahead in your story if huh. this part of the space force Project, then there could have been a plane up there that was monitoring. Uh, they call them AWAC planes, and they just—they've got all sorts of electronics on them, and they will just go around in a circle.
0: Oh, Nancy, I saw a plane like that. That was—that was the plane I told you all about uh, a little while ago. That it was a huge plane. It had all this. Uh, it was squat. It wasn't tall, it was squat and long, uh, wide, I, I don't know what to say, but wingspan was wide, and it came at me, and slow, slow, very, 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 very slow, and it was just above the wires, electrical wires in the back, and it had like a, a dish on it like the hurricane airplanes have, uh, uh radar, sonar. Uh,
2: d- ra- yeah, dome radar.
0: And then there were other things on it like like big ass cameras and weapon type things underneath. Um I bet it could have been that one.
1: But it sounds like you were like six feet away from this plane because you you would see a tremendous amount of detail. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it, I would say ten feet. Well, oh, because,
1: wow.
0: and it was very slow because I saw everything and I was in such a state of shock I couldn't even get my camera to take a picture
2: now and for oh. people that don't know she's very close to a military air force base and she's also right near uh, Cape Canaveral or Cape Kennedy that yeah. the uh, American Space Force is headquartered in yeah. and uh, so do you want to tell them what uh, uh, Dave said about what they were and what it was happening?
0: Well, they're changing the Patrick Air Force Base over to the Space
3: oh, Corps Base.
0: Yeah. Okay. Patrick Space Corps or Base. And uh, so, uh, I can't remember what Dave says. Sometimes I can't remember. Uh, I think it's when Dave was saying there's a lot of stuff going to be happening, not just here.
2: No, what he a, was saying—a lot of
0: stuff has happened,
2: right? But he, what he was talking about with the with the thunder and the lights and everything—it was a training mission. You remember, and that that they were American Space Force people were were flying either uh, back engineered aircraft. Oh yeah, you remember that? And that, yeah, that it was training, and that's why I think you have the AWAC, Uh AWAC uh plane up in the air because it would have been recording everything that was happening in this training event.
0: Yeah. That makes sense on on what I was hearing. It I thought p- makes the- perfect sense, yes. Yeah, yeah so so anyway I, I wanted to let you all know there was that plane that, that we heard that just didn't go away. It was circling like a helicopter. Yeah. Okay. because yeah. that added to the story and I didn't get to say that um, now General Patton I would like to read this thing what he said um, it's a medium sized read he says spit ball big picture Trump indictment step back and look at the big picture Trump is in zero danger, and then he has zero, exclamation mark. What are the advantages to a possible Trump indictment by the feds? Precedent setting, exclamation mark. Trump is literally destroying the two-tier justice system by allowing himself to be a target. I take all the slings and arrows gladly. People are worried about Trump and he's not worried at all. Why? Nothing happens to Trump unless he allows it to happen. Nothing. Three exclamation marks. And I mean nothing. Another three exclamation marks. This is war exclamation mark. Trump isn't surprised by any of this and can stop it. Any time he wants. Why doesn't he? This is all about the normies. Set aside your own views and try to see things through their eyes. They are witnessing a very popular president being indicted and gone after for possible crimes. That's a massive precedent that has never happened in our history. Trump is destroying the two deer two-tier justice system. That's the goal. Trump is innocent and we all know it. He knows it too and a lot more than we do. Why do people assume that the enemy is directing this play? Why do they assume the enemy has more power than they actually do? This narrative not only destroys the two-tier justice system, but also shows the normies that the Obama-slash-Biden, DOJ, and FBI are completely corrupt. Why is this an important narrative for the normies? Because we are setting the table for the justice phase when a whole lot of those criminals are going to be prosecuted. This also insulates Trump from the coming justice so that it doesn't look like Trump going after his political enemies to the normies. It will ultimately expose to the normies that it was Obama that politicized the DOJ and FBI. Relax, everyone, and enjoy the show. I wanted to read that, especially after today's activities.
1: But this matches the the, the thing that they're saying that the uh, I forget who was saying it uh, that the uh, F the uh, FBI is going to be dissolved. I was oh. hearing they were saying they were saying that it's it's going to be undone because because well, no, of all I, the uh, corruption in it.
2: I think that they're going to take apart the bureaucracy. You know, and, and uh, that—that's—that's that's sort of like, yeah, it could be happening, but there's there's so much more behind all of this. And Dolly, you said Patton. Do you mean Patreon? No. Patton. General Patton, seventeen.
0: On uh, tr- on, uh,
1: what is that thing?
2: Truth Social.
0: No, it's on
1: Telegram
2: telegram.
1: So this yes. was channeled information from the other side?
2: I don't know.
0: It was on General Patent 17 on telegram. That's well, all I
1: know. But we know he's not on the physical plane. He's like Dave, right?
2: No, not necessarily because the 17 confuses me. Um, why is there a patent 70, 17? It's this is, okay. this is
0: this is what he is called on Telegram. This right. is what that site is called at General Patton seventeen. I have no explanation. All that's, I know is that's what it's called.
2: That's weird. I'll have to look at it. General Patton.
0: He's been there for a long time now.
2: Ah, oh, never heard it before. Yeah. General Patton
0: seventeen. No spaces.
2: Okay, capital
0: G, capital
2: P. Okay, 17, I'll look that up. That's that's kind of interesting.
0: <laughs> Good.
2: Why it would say 17? I mean, because there were two General Pattons because General Patton's son became a general. And I know this because I had to go to Fort Hood for military reasons. And I had uh, people there that I knew. But we were out with uh, people I didn't know. It was part of the command there. And we were at a bar, and we were playing this game. I think it's the only time I ever played one of those weird games. And it was tank warfare. And I just really got into it. And I also kept drinking, so I was a little bit tipsy. And the adjutant of the post said to me, "Would you like to meet uh, the general?" And I said to him, "General Patton." And he said, "Yes." I said, and I was drunk enough that Patton—I was kind of still playing. Well, I because I'd been playing the game, Patton was sort of like in my head. You know what I'm saying? Probably not, but that's how it was happening. And so when he came up and said that to me, it was George that answered, and he said. Hell, I didn't like him when he was my son. Why would I want to meet him now? (laughs) And this guy looked at me like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) You
0: crazy drunk woman.
2: (laughs) You uh, You didn't make many friends back then, did you? you? Oh, I I don't even remember what my response was. But they were all drinking too. They probably didn't even pick up on it. But I did. I said, oh my God, I got to be careful of that. <laughs> yeah you know, but um uh, yeah, so yeah patent seventeen that's interesting I'll'll take a look at that and see what it what it feels like
0: sorry I sorry I just read read
2: what well I think that that's probably very true, and one of the things that you know I've been listening to a lot about of course the box is just you know non-stop covering this thing and When it first came out, a number of people on Fox, you know, legal experts and that, they were like, oh, my God, this is such hogwash. But then after a bit, they're all going like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe this is, uh, you know, it could be that, you know, and and they're like, wait a minute. What happened to the story here? And uh, who the heck? Oh, yeah. Wait, uh, what are you talking about? The indictment. Oh, the indictment. Okay, thank you. And. The, um uh, bar, the bar, you know, the oh, yeah. Trump, he comes out and he was like, oh, this is bad for Trump. Oh, oh very bad. So a friend of mine and I were uh, talking about it. And he says to me, yeah, but you know what Barr said? He was being interviewed. I knew he was, but I only saw a short clip of it. He said in that interview, they he said, oh, you got to understand, I don't like the man. He's despicable. And the guy asked him, well, would you vote for him again? He said, oh, yes. (laughs) So, so, you know, I mean, even the the responses that people are
1: giving are now a little crazy. So the answer is he didn't want to marry him, but he'll be his president. That's So he's okay with that. (laughs) Okay. Makes sense.
2: It's very strange. Now, the other thing is, is that when, you know, when it first started happening, Mark Levine came out and he said, explain to me what documents were destroyed or moved. Where are these documents? What are they? You're talking about something that may or may not have happened and you don't have any proof that it did happen. Where are the documents? Which ones got destroyed? Which one got moved? And where are they? Where's the ones that got moved? Come on, let's get real here, you know? And uh, so then it, grassley senator grassley came out oh yeah yeah this was amazing and okay so in the biden now we're going over to the biden problem and the biden problem is that uh whistleblower came out and said there was an fbi document that was a a document referencing uh Uh, 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 As whistleblower is being interviewed and telling, you know, what he's whistleblowing about. And supposedly, now there's a second whistleblower, who knows if it's the first first one over again, who's saying, look, there was this document in June of 2020. And it is stating in it that this whistleblower that turned out to be a, a confidant of the FBI. The FBI was paying him, had been paying him for years, to work with him. So now this this you know reputable informant puts out you know sort of whistleblowing thing, but you know now it now it gets into a different thing. There he's telling the FBI what he's discovered when he talked to an executive of the company that Hunter Biden worked for the company that was under investigation by the attorney general of Ukraine, that Biden went to uh, the president of the Ukraine and said, if you don't fire that attorney and stop this investigation, you're not going to get the billion dollars the United States has pledged to you. And I'm leaving in six hours, so you've got six hours to fire the guy. And he says in front of the uh, Council of Foreign Relations to the entire audience, so guess what? The guy got fired. You know, he bragged about bribing the president of the Ukraine to fire an attorney general that was investigating the company that Hunter Biden worked for. So it gets even more convoluted in that this informant, this respected informant, is talking to an executive of that company, Baristnia, I think it's called, and the executive says that they bribed both Hunter and uh, Joe Biden. Both of them were given $5 million. And not only did, did am I telling you that this is what happened, but I recorded conversations with Hunter. I think there was 15 conversations with Hunter. And there were two with Joe Biden talking about this bribe. So... Nobody, when it started out, they weren't. Maybe they did know what was in it, but they couldn't say that they did know. But they started. They asked the FBI to give them that document, and the FBI never said, "Oh, no, we don't know what you're talking about." They said, "Uh, "No, we're not going to give it to you." So that went through weeks of this uh, subpoena and threat of subpoenas, and finally they would allow the leadership of the uh, Congress that there's two different committees that are kind of. Working together on this issue, and so we went the the leadership could walk could could go into a uh, a room that's protected, intelligence can be viewed in it. They can go in that room and they can look at this, but it was an unclassified document. So then there was a turmoil about what are you talking about? It's an unclassified document. Why would we have to treat it as a classified document? Well, because we want to protect our sources, was the FBI's response. So then it dicked around some more. And finally, um, the Congress was going to subpoena. They were in the process of subpoena, subpoena, creating a subpoena for the head of the FBI. And at which time, they gave over the document. They let the committees look at it. But it was redacted. <laughs> okay. So, and this is where I got confused, because that's where I left it. That okay, so some things have been redacted, but I wasn't sure what, and you know they weren't saying what, you know what what it seemed to be referencing, but then Grassley gets up in front of the Senate, and he says that he knows what's redacted, and this is what it is, and he proceeds to tell the story about the tapes that have Hunter and Joe Biden conspiring with an executive of British the oil company, to by their influence, for future influence, okay? So, I mean, this thing is blown up, absolutely blown up, but the mainstream media won't deal with it. They won't report what's happening. So the day that they actually released what was in there with that slight redaction thing, um, that's the day that they indicted Trump, and so now they're all on the Trump thing. Oh, Trump, 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 Trump. And meanwhile, in the background, Grassley goes out before the Senate and says, oh, by the way, we got audio tapes of the conversations. So, I mean, it, if who knows what's going to happen? It's absolutely nuts. Because Biden is as dirty as can be, and the proof is there. I mean, that they they went... Oh oh the 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 guy the executive he also said that um in in the report it's in the report that the executive said we we gave them the money through a whole bunch of shell corporations that will take the researchers 10 years to figure out <laughs> you know and uh it didn't quite take 10 years but it was certainly more than 7 or 8 and now they so the, the uh uh congressional committee went to one bank, just one bank that they knew had Biden funds in and subpoenaed their records for all the transactions in the Biden you know, that has the name Biden on it. And they get these this document these documents back from the bank and they find out that there was I don't know, I think it was a half a dozen shell companies llts that were llcs that were pay one llc would pay the other llc and then that would pay somebody else and it is it's so convoluted but that was only one bank and apparently there's 10 banks that have biden accounts in them so there's no way that the 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 preponderance of evidence is absolutely stark raving crazy that this guy is still the head of the United States. And uh, they can't bring charges against him while well, he's a president, but they can impeach him.
1: Well, he's also dead, right?
2: Oh, let's not go there, Walt. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he proves that the best way to hide a tree is in the middle of a forest.
0: It, and it, it, and it, even yeah. the news people admit he's dead.
2: <clears throat> so the um, the Trump documents, supposedly there are some documents that he kept and refused to turn over. And I, I'm, it's gotten very confusing as to what they're talking about because this all of a sudden in the last 24 hours started to be a thing. You know, some documents apparently... Trump did not send back I don't know if there's any proof to it I don't know if it's a story or anything but on the other side of it people are saying well it was the Russian the Russian uh, what do they call it the Russia 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 thing it was the Clintons it was the, the entire legal foundation to make you know for sure that the Clintons were the ones behind the Russian gate thing and that it was all malarkey. The FBI has already been proven to be liars and that they shouldn't have, none of it should have started up and that when it did start up, it should have stopped And a number of occasions. There's just so much documentation to that, but the actual uh, classified portion of those files are the ones that they think Trump has. If, if, if that really did happen. So if it does, then the thing that they're trying to search for and get from him, and they would have to admit, was this Russian gate information. And at that point, I can see Trump saying, yes, and I'm going to give it to the, you know, Truth Social to publish right now. It's out there. Go read it. You know, all the, you know, just blow it up because, that that may be what they were after maybe that's why they had the raid so there's all sorts of different stories happening from that it's just a setup you know that you know, I, I, and i don't know i just know that it's like you couldn't write this as a fiction and have it believe be believed <laughs> so anyway you got something else on your list or did you guys want to say something about that
0: I had a thought, but I didn't want to interrupt you. And now I forgot it. <laughs> I don't know
2: what. you can always interrupt me. I, I don't normally forget where I'm at.
0: Oh, I hate to do that. That's very impolite. I don't care. <laughs> All right. When I think of it, if I think of it later, I'll say something. Um, yes, I have one more thing I'd really like to share. Oh, two more things. But let me, where did I put it? I got too many things open here. Oh, yes. This is really, it really impressed me. I will put the link of it in the chat room. Sorry about you who listen. Uh after we do this, who don't listen live. Whoops, wrong spot. Here we go. Okay, now I put it in here. Paste. And this is what I'm going to read to you. Come on, dolly. Here we go. NFL champ Harrison Butker makes a statement with pro-life necktie at White House visit. Now, let me point out, they were not inside the White House. They never are because the Biden mafia is not allowed in there. So they were out in the garden, I believe it was, or in front of the door they pretend the the Biden character walks in and out. of. So, uh, what article says, so those not in chat to see Link can hear what the article says, "Oh, I was typing a note to myself." Here's the article: During the Kansas City Chiefs' visit to the White House on Monday, in celebration of their Super Bowl victory in February, the team's kicker, Harrison Butker, made a statement in support of the unborn, wearing by wearing a custom-made tie with a pro-life message Butker, a faithful Catholic, wore a tie that says, Well I don't know how to speak this it's Latin word uh, two words that the phrase he says means Protect the most vulnerable that's what it says on his on his tie. I want to give the most vulnerable. The unborn, a voice at a place where every effort has been made to allow and normalize the tragic termination of their lives, Butker said in a June 6th statement. Let me read that one more time. I want to give the most vulnerable, the unborn, a voice at a place where every effort has been made to allow and normalize the tragic termination of their lives. He said that in front of that Biden mafia. Butker is referring to the Biden administration's aggressive pro-abortion stance, a position that has put Biden at odds with the U.S. bishops and members of his own faith. As a father who has experienced three miscarriages, my wife and I understand the hardships that come with losing a child. Every life is precious and should be valued whether outside or inside the womb, he said. The gray tie was created in conjunction with the pro-life advocacy group Live Action. According to the organization, accompanying the tie on Butker's suit is a gold pin of two tiny feet, the exact size of a 10-week-old baby would have, that a 10-week-old baby would have. And they're teeny tiny if you open that up and see the picture. Push, oh, and that's the end of that uh, article but I wanted to share that with everyone because this man was brave. He said all this in front of the Biden mafia. He went against the Biden mafia's stance, and I, I, I really honor this man for being so brave. And I wanted to share it because it's a good story for everyone so they can hear it. And now...
2: Thank you for that.
0: You're welcome. You got anything to say about Because I have one more thing.
2: Well, it's, you know, it, it, more people have to stand up like that.
0: There's, Amen. Yeah. Th- th-
2: these are bullies. There's only, you know, a fraction of a percentage of them that are really out there. And it takes brave people to stand up and say no, because enough of it should say no. You know, during the Vietnam protest in the Georgetown University, their big building that they have sort of represents the school, there was a banner put across it in the top floor, and it said they can't kill us all. And it's the same sort of thing now, is, yeah, you might get beat up, you might lose your job, but, you know, people have got to start standing up. Because enough of us stand up, then we're going to save it. If you don't, well, we're not. you know, but I believe yeah. we did <laughs> in the scheme of no time, but um if, you know it's just for your own for your own expansion, you have to take a stand, and yeah. that's every time we see something like that, we should bring it out. It's pretty amazing. yes,
0: I agree. Yeah. Six, ten, twenty-three.
2: 23 okay go ahead you want i'm you looking want. for
0: yeah hold on just a minute uh i'm looking for we have another snake experience as of this morning i went outside and uh in my pathway to walk across the one I to take doc out was A freaking snake. But it was dead. And it was a baby snake. So I didn't go absolutely bonkers with it. Um, I believe it was Furlock who took care of that little boy. That little snake. Um, And I wanted to show you to it. Oh, here. Let me. There it is. I'm going to put it in the chat. So you can see, it looks like a coral snake, but Sherry looked it up, and uh, it's a milk snake that is non-venomous. So I have another snake story to add to my snake stories. And you all can see what I'm talking about, the colors on it. Sherry asked me, is it orange or is it red? And I told her it looks mostly orange, not red. And she said, then that's a milk snake that's non-venomous. And I just wanted to share with you. I had another snake story, but I maintained control of myself. I didn't scream or anything. I just also the yelled. coral
1: snake has yellow bands. This one is white.
0: Yeah, because well, it's a milk snake. Mm. That's all I know. I shared with you everything.
2: Shared everything. Okay, mm-hmm. we've got uh, 20 minutes to the top of the hour. Why don't we listen to, because you brought it up. Um, oh,
0: wait. Um, wait, Nancy, let me add this. I just got a notification. Tup, Tucker came out with episode three. Oh, he did just now. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay.
0: All right. So, okay, I just want you to know.
2: All right. Um, yes, Tucker came out with he's 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 on uh, Twitter and he's doing shows similar to his monologue shows that he parts section of his shows, and the first one I'm. Probably will play later a little bit. But the, the one that he did, the second one, okay, is uh, entitled Cling to Your Taboos. And he does get into the concept of pedophilia and why it's being accepted. So it's 12 minutes, and we can just listen to
3: it and then comment. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. Let's say you wanted to control a country. How would you start? You'd want to make sure you had the complete obedience of everybody inside your borders who was authorized to use deadly force. You would start with the military and then federal law enforcement and move your way down ultimately to agencies like the IRS. Controlling the guns would be a top priority for you if you ever wanted to go dictatorial, if you wanted to be baby doc. But let's say you had deeper ambitions. Let's say you wanted the power not simply to control people's behavior, but to control how they think, not just their bodies, but their minds, as a god would. In that case, you need to take charge of the society's taboos. A taboo is something that by popular consensus is not allowed. A taboo may not be illegal, but it doesn't need to be. Over time, social prohibitions are more powerful and more enduring than laws. Societies are defined by what they will not permit, as are famously religions. Muslims don't eat pork, neither do Orthodox Jews. Traditional Christians oppose extramarital sex, the Amish avoid electricity, and so on. American society isn't overtly religious, but it's governed by taboos, and it always has been. What's interesting is how fast our taboos are changing. This is not happening organically. What we're allowed to dislike is being dictated to us from above, sometimes by force. Until fairly recently, for example, it was taboo in this country to attack people on the basis of their race. That was the main lesson of the Second World War, we were told again and again. The one thing we learned from the Nazis is that it's dangerous to reduce human beings to their genetic code. There is no master race. That made sense, but apparently we no longer believe it. Punishing people based on their skin color is not only permitted in modern America, it is mandatory throughout business and government and higher education, as long as the victims are white. At one time, that would have been unimaginable. So the current behavior of our politicians. As recently as the 1992 presidential campaign, adultery was considered disqualifying for anyone seeking higher office. Bill Clinton was very nearly derailed in the New Hampshire primary by his affair with Jennifer Flowers. Clinton went to elaborate lengths to lie about the relationship because he had no choice but he was the last presidential candidate who had to meet this standard. By 2008, it was obvious to anybody who was paying attention that Barack Obama had a strange and highly creepy personal life, yet nobody ever asked him about it. By that point, a leader's behavior within his own marriage, the core relationship of his life, had been declared irrelevant. It was Barack Obama's business, not yours. One by one, with increasing speed, our old taboos have been struck down. Those that remain have lost their moral force. Stealing, flaunting your wealth, striking women, smoking marijuana on the street, shameless public hypocrisy, taking other people's money for not working. All of these things used to be considered unacceptable in America, not anymore. So it probably shouldn't surprise us that the greatest taboo of all is teetering on the edge of acceptability, child molestation. A generation ago, talking to someone else's children about sex was widely considered grounds for a thrashing. Touching them sexually was effectively a death penalty offense. When Jeffrey Dahmer was bludgeoned to death in the bathroom of a Wisconsin prison in 1994, the Milwaukee district attorney had to caution the public not to turn Dahmer's killer into a folk hero. Jeffrey Dahmer had molested and murdered children. People felt justified in celebrating his death. 25 years later, That standard had changed dramatically in the state of Wisconsin, as in the rest of the country. In the summer of 2020, during the BLM riots in Kenosha, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse defended his life from a convicted child molester called Joseph Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum was trying to kill Rittenhouse, so Rittenhouse shot him in self-defense. But it was Joseph Rosenbaum whom the media cast as the victim of the story. Kyle Rittenhouse, meanwhile an underage boy fending off violence from a child molester was denounced as the villain. Ultimately, he was indicted for murder. One of the things that this tells us is the people who run our country no longer see child molesters as the worst among us. It's never been more obvious than it was yesterday when the Wall Street Journal ran a long expose about kiddie porn on Instagram. Instagram, the journal found, quote, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content. Instagram connects pedophiles and connects them to content sellers of child pornography. In one instance, the paper discovered that Instagram was recommending the phrase incest toddlers to users who'd expressed interest in similar material. By the way, no one at Instagram denied that any of this had happened, nor did Mark Zuckerberg, who controls the company. The journal story was accurate. It was all pretty shocking, but not as shocking as what happened next, which was effectively nothing at all. The largest circulation newspaper in the United States revealed that one of the world's most influential companies was promoting pedophilia, and nobody in power did anything about it. The Justice Department did not announce an investigation. Congress did not schedule hearings. The guy who runs Instagram, Adam Mosseri, still has his job. In fact, Musseri's last tweet, which is pinned, is a video of himself bragging about how effective Instagram's algorithm is. Keep in mind as you watch this, it's real. People often
1: talk about the algorithm, but there is no one algorithm for Instagram. There are many
3: algorithms and ranking processes we use to try to personalize the experience to make it as interesting as we can for each and every person who uses Instagram. We believe in this idea of personalization. What you're interested in and what I'm interested in is different and so therefore your Instagram and my Instagram should be different. <laughs> what you're interested in and what I'm interested in is different, Misery explains patiently. So your Instagram feed will be different from mine. You're interested in children, that's why you're getting all the incest toddler posts. It's a highly personalized experience. That tweet is still up tonight. Of course, everybody at Instagram, in fact, everyone everywhere in authority, will still claim to think that child molestation is bad, but the tone has changed unmistakably. When they say it's bad, they mean it in a kind of abstract way. Bad like a civil war in Central Africa is bad. You wouldn't prefer it, but there are reasons it happens. That's why we now refer to pedophiles as minor attracted persons, because honestly, who can judge? These people are a sexual minority, so pause before you attack them. And in any case, it's not like pedophiles are barging into the Capitol building to sit in Nancy Pelosi's chair or asking uncomfortable questions about the last election. For miscreants like that, no punishment is too harsh. So far this month, the FBI's Washington field office has issued 11 press releases. Ten out of 11 have been about January 6th. Keep in mind that January 6th happened more than two and a half years ago. Now you know why the feds were ignoring kid touchers on Instagram. They're too busy to respond they've got much more important things to do, like finding white supremacists. White supremacists are America's new child molesters. We've got zero tolerance for white supremacists because no one threatens the life of this country more than they do. Here's Joe Biden, once again, making that very clear last month. stand up against
1: the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy.
3: And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. Pardon the feedback, but you heard the point. White supremacy is the most dangerous threat to the American homeland. Joe Biden just told us that. It's more dangerous than the threat of nuclear war with Russia. It's more dangerous than the threat of the Mexican drug cartels, who've already killed hundreds of thousands of Americans and are now in control of swaths of our southwestern states. White supremacy is that bad, Joe Biden says. In fact, it's worse. But what is it? That's the question. Can anyone in authority actually define white supremacy? What is it? Is white supremacy liking white people too much? If so, that's going to put those of us with white children in a pretty tough spot. Or is white supremacy something much more obviously bad, like trying to expel all non-whites from America and creating some kind of ethnostate? If that's Joe Biden's definition, what exactly is the scope of this threat? How many people are currently working on this American white ethnostate project, and what are the chances they're going to pull it off? Our guess is not very many and precisely zero, but we can't say for sure because no one has showed us the numbers. These are not rhetorical questions. When the president of the United States describes something as the worst possible crime Americans can commit, you have a right to know what that crime is. You used to have that right. Under our pre-revolutionary legal code before George Floyd, questions like these were easy to answer. A crime was defined as something that an elected legislature had explicitly banned, usually an act that hurt somebody else. In America, crimes were described precisely with words in English and then preserved in books, which you could read yourself. If you ever wondered whether you were committing a crime, you could just look it up. You could know for sure whether you were a criminal. Now you can't, and needless to say, That's the point. The point of the exercise is to keep you off balance, to keep you afraid. When no one's willing to define the offense, you can't be sure whether or not you're committing it. You could be accused at any time and everything you have taken from you. You live in fear. Remember this guy? Emmanuel Cafferty was driving near a Black Lives Matter protest in Poway in his SDG&E truck when he says he noticed somebody following him and trying to get his attention. Later, that person posted a picture of him making what some believed is a white supremacy symbol on Twitter. Cafferty says he had no idea about any white power symbols and was just cracking his knuckles outside his window when the picture was taken of him. Later that day, he says he was notified by SDG&E that he would be suspended pending an investigation, and a few days later he was fired. What that man did was so offensive, as you just saw, that local news had to blur the photograph of his hand. He was fired from his job. His life was destroyed for cracking his knuckles. He didn't know cracking his knuckles was racist in his defense, but then nobody did until the day that Manuel Cafferty was unwise enough to crack them. When a crime has no definition, anyone can be guilty of it. It's hard to relax in a country like that. The old system was better. Government operated on the basis of laws, not amorphous moral terror. Politicians couldn't accuse you of something they couldn't define. The legal code was straightforward. Child molestation was a crime. Having unfashionable opinions was not. Outside of the public sphere, the population mostly governed itself, as it does in every society, and used taboos to do it. You knew what was allowed and what wasn't because the rules didn't change very often. The taboos were organic. They derived from collective experience and instinct the two most reliable guides to life. They evolved for a reason. They still do. Our job at this point is to protect them, despite the hectoring, the nonstop hectoring from the people in charge. You know the outlines of right and wrong. You are born knowing them. So don't let them talk you out of what you can smell. Don't let them rationalize away your intuitive moral sense. Cling to your taboos like your life depends on them, because it does cherish and protect them like family heirlooms that's exactly what they are
2: you're listening to so <laughs> a different type of tucker but very very out there what did you think guys
1: well i oh, i i remi- i remi- i saw it, uh, i i i i Days ago. days ago but it's i i i if you can't rely on your taboo, which is the more natural thing, you know, t- taboo isn't written down on paper. It's, uh, it's something that a collective holds for as something true. Uh, and you can't rely on that anymore. Oh, boy, are you in trouble.
2: <laughs> I felt really bad for the truck driver.
1: <laughs> you know, I did,
0: too. Nobody is- knew that.
2: No. And his
0: life is ruined
2: now. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, it lo- doesn't look good now, but maybe he'll be. I'm sure he's going to be fine. I think all these people that have taken the blows are going to be fine.
0: I hope so.
2: I do.
1: I believe well, so. Well, doesn't he have every a, a right to uh, sue his employer because they're just making an example of him? He hasn't made made any offense. They're just using him to make a, a point or an example, and he can rightly so sue do you them think because, this, because.
2: Do you think this truck driver has the money to hire a lawyer? Then they begin at well over a hundred dollars an hour. See, this is what they do. They go after people that can't afford to sue. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a the whole system is fixed, but we're gonna fix it. Um, well,
0: that's why Biden's going. Uh, Trump is going through what he's going through right now. I believe that to show people, look, this is double standard. These people are evil, <laughs> trying to wake them up.
2: And Hillary Clinton came out. What was it last night or something? That she said that uh oh, what was it oh yes that the people that follow uh he's just that the, the 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 people that follow trump have become a what do they call it cult a cult he <laughs> called it a cult yeah so we're all we can't think for ourselves you know we're just following this trump guy you No, know, what mm. we I, they seem to be missing the fact that the reason that we're following Trump is because Trump is saying what we know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's why we're following him, not because we think he's perfect. Good Lord. You know, but because the man is saying what we've been saying from the get-go. It's it's an uh, interesting... He's trying to protect us.
0: Just to help us.
2: Yes. They're not after me. I'm just standing between them and you. Yeah. And that's very. So, yeah. th- that female, oh, what's her name? The UN ambassador, governor of South Carolina. See, I've already written her name off in my head. Yeah, I don't know her name. Well, she came out and. Uh, Suggested that Trump is guilty and should not play the game. You know, not try to become president. So she's she's made the decision to be an anti-Trumper. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs>
0: Wasn't even nice knowing about you.
2: <laughs> no, no. It's uh. But oh, I know what I wanted to say. Well, do you know anything about Obama's creepy per- personal life? No. No, I don't.
0: And I was wondering, whoa, what's
2: this about? Well, I'm wondering if it's, you know, people talking about the fact that Michelle is a man. Well, we already knew that. But that's the only thing I know. I don't know. I mean, does Tucker believe that? You know Tucker. Know. This is what he does is he'll throw some bombshell out there that you go, what did <laughs> he just say? You know, and then he just yeah. leaves. And then, you know, you wait some time, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, this is why I said it. And he give you all these facts and figures for why he said it. So it's it's kind of like he does these, uh, what do you call it, like a, a trailer for what he's going to get into next. but. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know, unless it's that weird thing that people say that, well, you swear that Michelle was a man.
0: Oh, it's a a given, you can see his pee-pee through some of the dresses, (laughs) and he's adjusting it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's crazy,
2: this world is crazy, Nancy. Yes, it is, yes, it is, but I did have a question about that. So um well we're at the top of the hour here. What would you like to, to hear? Uh disturbing
0: sound of silence.
2: Sound of silence. Yeah, oh, because Okay, okay. Yeah. Let me just my find reasons. What it just there it is.
3: Let me take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Friends, do you wish to lift the veil of earthly duality? Is it time to develop your personal code of conduct and morality? Then head on down to Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, where you will meet like-minded people just champing at the beat to support you. Whether you are looking for gifts or tools for personal development, when you visit Mystical Wares, you will be in your element. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. A day at Mystical Wares is a day well spent, and their customer service, well, it's heaven sent. MysticalWears.com
1: It's the bomb! And
2: welcome back to the Cosmic Reality Show for June 13th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, with me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. And are Thank you guys you. back? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um Okay, now I do have that other other clip of uh, Tucker if you want, or we can talk about something else if you want.
0: Oh, I <clears throat> I don't know what else to talk about, but I would like to hear the other clip again.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Walt, are you there? Yes, I'm here. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, let's see. Let me just go down here and click on it.
3: Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. Let's say you wanted to control a country. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. This morning, it looks like somebody blew up the Kokovka Dam in Southern Ukraine. The rushing wall of water wiped out entire villages, destroyed a critical hydropower plant, and as of tonight, puts the largest nuclear reactor in Europe in danger of melting down. So if this was intentional, it was not a military tactic, it was an act of terrorism. The question is, who did it? Well, let's see. The Kokovka Dam was effectively Russian. It was built by the Russian government. And it currently sits in Russian-controlled territory. The dam's reservoir supplies water to Crimea, which has been, for the last 240 years, home of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. Blowing up the dam may be bad for Ukraine, but it hurts Russia more. And for precisely that reason, the Ukrainian government has considered destroying it. In December, the Washington Post quoted a Ukrainian general saying his men had fired American-made rockets at the dam's floodgate as a test strike. So really, once the facts start coming in, it becomes much less of a mystery what might have happened to the dam. Any fair person would conclude that the Ukrainians probably blew it up, just as you would assume they blew up Nord Stream, the Russian natural gas pipeline last fall. And in fact, the Ukrainians did do that, as we now know. It's not like Vladimir Putin is anxious to wage war on himself. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Mr. and Mrs. cable news consumer. Vladimir Putin is exactly that sort of man, the sort of man who'd shoot himself to death in order to annoy you. We know this from the American media which wasted no time this morning in accusing the Russians of sabotaging their own infrastructure. Bill Kristol, the man who once told us that Saddam Hussein was responsible for 9-11, immediately denounced Putin as a war criminal and even more savagely compared him to Donald Trump. The rest of the pundit class made similar, clearly coordinated noises. Putin did it, Putin did it. And their reasoning was simple. Putin is evil and evil people do evil things purely for the dark joy of being evil. In this specific case, Putin attacked himself, which is the most evil thing you can do, and therefore perfectly in character for a man that evil. That was their explanation. No one who's paid to cover these things seemed to entertain even the possibility it could have been the Ukrainians who did it, no chance of that. Ukraine, as you may have heard, is led by a man called Zelensky. And we can say for a dead certain fact that he was not involved. He couldn't have been. Zelensky is too decent for terrorism. Now, you see him on television, and it's true you might form a different impression. Sweaty and rat-like. A comedian turned oligarch. A persecutor of Christians. A friend of BlackRock. But don't believe your own eyes. Actually, Mr. Zelensky is a very good man. The best, really. As George W. Bush once noted, he is our generation's Winston Churchill. Of all the people in the world, our shifty, dead-eyed Ukrainian friend in the tracksuit is uniquely incapable of blowing up a dam. He's literally a living saint, a man in whom there is no sin. That's why Lindsey Graham is so attracted to him. They're just two good people, hanging out together and being good. And like all good people, when they meet in person, they spend a lot of time talking about killing people and laughing, like friends do. Here's the pair last week. Three or two. Free or die? Now we are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's so the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now The Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent, Graham says. A smile spreads across his thin, quivering lips as he forms the words. He looks like a starving man contemplating a breakfast buffet. The aroma of death has aroused Lindsey Graham. Thanks so much, replies Zelensky. He feels the same way see there's nothing dark here just two middle-aged guys celebrating the killing of a population they don't seem like the kind of people who'd enjoy flooding villages or starting a famine and in any case who cares if they are it's really not your business your job is to support ukraine watch nikki haley a republican candidate for president explain this principle on cnn
1: a win for ukraine is a win for all of us. And for them to sit there and say that this is a territorial dispute, that's just not the case. To say that we should stay neutral, it is in the best
0: interest of America. It's in the best interest of our national security for Ukraine to win. We have to see this through, we have to finish it.
3: See, it's very easy to understand. It is vitally important for you to support Ukraine because it's necessary for Ukraine to be supported by you. Your support is mandatory until it's finished, whatever it is and whatever that means. So shut up and support Ukraine or else you're in trouble. Back when they still taught logic, statements like this were known as tautologies. Something is true because it is. The more you repeat it, the truer it becomes. It's a self-reinforcing reality. There was a time when tautologies were considered illegitimate arguments, not to mention hilariously stupid. Only dumb people talk like that. Now everybody in power talks like that. Diversity is our strength. Trans women are women. Zelensky is Churchill. It's all self-evidently true. Doesn't need an explanation and don't ask questions. Sound familiar? Of course it does. That's the pap they're serving us day after day in steaming lumpy portions. By this point, it's possible that American citizens are the least informed people in the world. Your average yak herder in Tajikistan knows who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. It's obvious. Does he think some skinny dude in a dress is actually a girl? (laughs) Come on. That idea would never occur to him. You've got to be lied to at full volume over a period of years in order to reach conclusions like that. And of course, we have been. The media lie. They do. But mostly they just ignore the stories that matter. What's happened to the hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars we've sent to Ukraine? No clue. Who organized those BLM riots three years ago? No one's gotten to the bottom of that. What exactly happened on 9-11? Well, it's still classified. How did Jeffrey Epstein make all that money? How did he die? How about JFK? And so endlessly on. Not only are the media not interested in any of this, they are actively hostile to anybody who is. In journalism, curiosity is the gravest crime. Yesterday, for example, a former Air Force officer who worked for years in military intelligence came forward as a whistleblower to reveal that the U.S. government has physical evidence of crashed, non-human-made aircraft, as well as the bodies of the pilots who flew those aircraft. The Pentagon has spent decades studying these otherworldly remains in order to build more technologically advanced weapons systems. Okay, that's what the former intel officer revealed, and it was clear he was telling the truth. In other words, UFOs are actually real, and apparently so is extraterrestrial life. Now we know. In a normal country, this news would qualify as a bombshell, the story of the millennium. But in our country, it doesn't. The whistleblower's account ran on a technology website called The Debrief, which you've probably never heard of. The Washington Post had that story, but decided not to run it. The New York Times, meanwhile, just pretended it never happened. On the front page of the New York Times website this morning, there were five stories about Ukraine, as well as four stories apiece about Donald Trump, trans people, and climate change, the usual lineup. There was nothing at all about how an alien species is flying hypersonic aircraft over our cities. Not one word. So if you're wondering why our country seems so dysfunctional, this is a big part of the reason. Nobody knows what's happening. A small group of people control access to all relevant information and the rest of us don't know. We're allowed to yap all we want about racism, but go ahead and talk about something that really matters and see what happens. If you keep it up, they'll make you be quiet, trust us. That's how they maintain control. When Western tourists first started traveling in large numbers to the Soviet Union in the early 1970s, they found that many Russians had a completely warped understanding of the United States. They thought that Americans lived in grinding poverty, in a state of perpetual race war, and were desperate to flee to the freedom and prosperity of the Eastern Bloc. They thought this because that's what they had been told. They had no way to know otherwise. The few Russians who understood what was really going on in the rest of the world had learned about it from listening to shortwave radio broadcasts, sometimes under the covers so the neighbors wouldn't hear. Fifty years later, it is bewildering to consider the ironies here. We're the ones who live in ignorance now. The U.S. government has managed to classify more than a billion so-called public documents. So at this point, we can't possibly know what our leaders are doing. We're not allowed to know. By definition, that is not a democracy. Yet it's fine with the media. Secrecy is a powerful tool of control. Stop asking how we got so rich. Here's another story about racism. Go eat each other. That's the program. That's how most of us now live here in the United States manipulated by lies, silenced by taboos. It is unhealthy and it's dehumanizing, and we're tired of it. As of today, we've come to Twitter, which we hope will be the shortwave radio under the blankets. We're told there are no gatekeepers here. If that turns out to be false, we'll leave. But in the meantime, we are grateful to be here. We'll be back with much more very soon.
2: Okay. Okay. So, Tucker's back. He
0: is, yeah, he he's going to get a, even uh, more kind of explosive, <laughs> and more revealing.
2: Yeah, and you said that, he, uh, that the I, third one is out. Yes, episode. it
0: just came out. Uh-huh. Yeah, just could, got notification.
2: I could probably play it, but it doesn't play over my thingy. Uh by the way, that one we just did was from uh the sixth of June and the first one was from the eighth of June. And episode two.
0: And the third one yep, is
2: yep. yep, it's episode thirteenth of June. Yeah. Episode yeah. three. Uh well I don't have it. Maybe we'll play it on the Say What Show. It's episode three, America's Principles Are at Stake. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll
0: do that. He's working Uh, into a theme, I think.
2: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And uh, something else that, um, well, there's a couple of things about the Tucker story. Um, First off, he's still under contract with Fox, they didn't box him, they just stopped his show. So, apparently, I I heard some legal people talking about how they might try to silence him because he's still under contract with them. But, obviously, he feels legally okay to be able to do it in this format. He probably won't say anything bad about Fox. Uh, You know, who knows? But, um, yeah, so there's that. And the other thing that they said is that if you watched his uh, show... um, Tucker Carlson today, I think it was, and he'd interview people. Well, they were being interviewed in a film studio that he had at his residence in my in Maine. And Fox came in and took everything out of it. <laughs> he had to build his own.
0: And then the people he had working for him, they quit Fox and came to rebuild it. Yeah. Yeah, so, Fox lost out
2: Not Tucker Fox is, is getting Very confusing to me because I'm seeing a lot Of Like right wing I mean left wing uh, Commentators And the way that some of the shows are going But on the other side there's certain People that are kind of getting Really really vocal Tucker Uh uh uh, Waters, Jesse Waters. Waters
0: is one, and one of Gutten them. And
2: Gutfeld, Gutfeld has yeah. been from the get go. Um, yeah. But a lot of the other ones are, are kind of towing the line.
0: Well, I, so I found right. out from the guy I was listening to, um, McFadden, is it? She got taken off of The Five. Who? Yet, uh, the Black. The black lady on... Harris Faulkner? Pretty she's tall.
2: Her- 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 Harris Faulkner?
0: Is she the black lady who was on... Uh... Outnumbered. Yeah, outnumbered. Yeah, but yet she was hosting Tucker's old show.
2: No, she wasn't taken off.
0: Oh, that's what I heard.
2: Well, somebody must have said that, but it, you know, no, they kept, they kept promoting her. And she was, I think she was back last night, yesterday.
0: Oh, I have to check it out tomorrow. Yeah. But I never can remember what time they're on because I don't watch Fox that they're, much.
2: They're on noon to one, 12 to one. Oh, okay. I'll try to remember that. Noon time to one. Huh. Um... Well, Faulkner is not... Faulkner is... uh, Oh, let me see. She's definitely not in the category of uh, Gutfeld and Waters. No. But she will look at things with, you know... She's not real set in her way. She's probably one of their more objective uh, players. Yeah. Sometimes, I I mean, I, I seldom find in her information being presented by her that I do not find truthful. You know, I mean, I I listen to some of these people and I go, my God, why don't you know what I know? Yes. Stop.
0: I say that all the time to them, the Fox peoples. Who the heck are you saying that for?
2: (laughs) Yeah, but Faulkner uh, seems to have her facts in order.
0: Yes. She, uh, when I've watched her, she has already studied up on her guests. So she knows about them and asks them questions if they're surprised she's asking.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I still don't watch the that time slot slot I miss him.
0: Oh, I, I mean, won't watch it. They piss me off. I just saw it on an advertisement.
2: I miss him. I miss his smile and his laugh and, you know, tells you terrible things, but then he makes fun of it. and I mean, he's, he's just just very special.
0: Well, that's why I am on Telegram and, and I have him. Oh, no, on Twitter. Twi- Twitter. Yes, because I can go to his station and catch up on what he's up to.
2: Yeah, and, and that um, Chadwick—I can't remember his name, his last name either. Um, he was taught. He's written a book called Tucker, and it's just being published now. And he was actually on the last show that Tucker had, and I did watch that. And you know, I remember that he was on there. And but they'd been working on this book for quite a while, and so he went back with. Tucker to get an update on what really happened you know from Tucker's standpoint. but in the one of this and I, I know that you know Walt got bored with it because they didn't really give any of the big stuff but that's the way they do in books. If they told you the punchline you know you wouldn't buy the book. so right. but they, he did he did say a couple of things that were very very touching to me. First off, Tucker's dad was in the TV business. It was more of a local thing than you know national. Um, but his mother left him and his two brothers, I think it is
0: when he it's, was I did, thought it was only one brother, but yeah,
2: it might have been two. And when Tucker was six years old, this mother just ran off to be a hippie, and he uh, never saw her again. She died in, in 2009. And, you know, it's like that backstory to the guy is um, something I'd never heard before. So there might be other. And, and apparently his father, Dick, Richard, was just quite, I mean, Chadwick was impressed with the dad. So he came from, uh, you know, a half a good home. Yeah. <laughs> he had that thing with his mom but he's very devoted to his own family and his wife and he they they were teenage lovers you know they, they fell in love as teenagers been together ever since got a nice family and he's yeah. very brave i mean you know the opposition can be nasty sometimes oh, but yeah. not in this case he's you know he's he's protected we're all protected so, um, Walt, did you have anything that you saw or are doing that you'd like to comment on?
1: Uh, let me see. Uh, have you been listening? I, I was looking at the thing that um, I, I, I didn't pay much attention to it, what it, uh, it said because uh, Annette says it's for another show, it's for other voices what you, I don't you, you have a radio show called uh it's Sa- radio
2: G oh. other voices
1: that's oh that's what it's called okay so then I I, I didn't read much into it because I um I kind of just glossed over the the website and I thought oh, okay other voices so this this, uh, she I have uh, no
2: I have no idea what you're talking about
1: okay take a look at your email
2: I don't do that when I'm on the station
1: well well I, I sent that to you uh, I think it was yesterday it, it's a uh, it's a link from uh, one, one of the listeners infinite infinite eight or infinite she sent you the a link for the show other voices it's from a website the uh, vashiva.com it's uh, about a doctor who talks about these subjects so i i i looked at it and i thought okay so this is for this is not for for our show this is for the other show so you might find it interested interesting you I'll, I'll I'll give you the link on the chat so you can take a look at that
2: okay because I still don't know what you're talking about is it one of my
1: shows it other voices uh, she calls it other voices I guess that's your that's your show so she says that this is this this link is information for that it's I guess it's some kind of subject that you cover in that particular show something called other voices I never listened to that 5G, so I don't know what the other voices means. This is what
2: you just put up. It says something about evil part two, Musk to Kennedy to Carlson.
1: Yeah, that's that's the link that she sent me. So the link is for you.
2: Okay. Thank you, I guess. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. so, has there been anything that you've done that's intriguing?
1: Intriguing? Okay. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we still got a half an hour here. We've got to find something to talk about. So, hmm. if you two don't seem to have anything to talk about, um, I watched that, <coughs> the Interstellar. Now, Interstellar is mark joseph is has mentioned a number of time I think you have maybe, and I think even Derek at one time said that was a good movie so but I knew I had seen it, and I knew that I was not impressed at all with it, so I was like, "Okay, you know, but I had been over watching um that three thousand years of longing on Prime Amazon, and it came back up in my window. And I said, oh, let me just see if this thing is there. And it was. Interstellar was available through Prime, but you had to pay for it. And I don't pay for it. So I said, okay, good to know. And then the very next night, it came on TV. So I'm going like, okay, I guess I'm going to watch this thing. And well, first off, I thought it said 8 to 11. No, it must have said 8 to 12. Uh, because it was a four-hour thing that I got involved in, but the as the farther they got into the movie, the shorter the movie was, and the longer the commercials were. So I did a lot of work in the commercials. <laughs> I probably did an hour's worth of work. Oh, my heavenly day! But anyway, so um, I watched it again, and I still have no clue as to what it was about. I mean, I know that. Can you do you? you I mean. Are you familiar enough with it to give me some insight into what the hell they were talking
1: about? Well, yes, it's uh it's very depressing. Um, if that helps you understand the movie because you're beginning you begin the story with a dying earth. Somehow some way uh the entire globe uh, the entire uh, agricultural sphere of the planet is is dying because the earth uh, is affected by something that they call the blight something that's killing all plant life so it also had something to do with
2: uh gravity
1: gravity i don't, yeah. don't you you lost me i never saw that part well because I what that, they the, wanted the <clears throat> the daughter when she became an adult she was one of the scientists working in order to get out of the, pl- uh, it was they were developing the, the technology to get the, the people away from the planet. So uh, maybe they were working on anti-gravity and maybe I missed that part of the movie. But uh, at one point in the story from being on earth, he comes back and discovers that the, this base is now floating in orbit around uh, or, or near uh, Jupiter. And that's that was the basis that he had initially initially seen because he's you know he's a time traveler he he makes he, he as he's moving through time he encounters different times because he he had left the planet initially where his daughter was a little girl then when he comes back she's an adult she's a scientist and then when he, he when he comes back again, the daughter is a grown woman and close to the end of her life, and she's getting together with her family. And she still, and he still looks the same. So, and he, so she was sure that he was not going to change. He was going to look exactly the way she remembered him when I was a little girl. So, and, uh, when he's making these changes, is is because he he uh, encounters the 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 business of the black hole and the thing when he he encounters the thing with the black hole he's discovering that um the the business of of like fourth dimensional space where you actually uh m- move through time and um how can i say this they um the way that they illustrate that. It's like there, he, uh, he goes, he's like on the, like his daughter's room or where, but he's looking at the room from outside the room, like he's in a, in a fold in space. So he's able to look through like the bookshelf and uh, he, he can't talk to them, but he could like, uh, he could affect the, uh, the, let's say, the dust falling on the surface of the shelf. So he could kind of uh, relay messages to his daughter, because everybody thought that he had been lost in space. But the daughter saw the symbols of how the, the dust was different. So she made the connection that the, the father was alive. He was just out of time. He was out of what passes for regular time. And he could, actually, he could actually walk through time as as somebody is walking through the uh, the cars in a train. By going through the different cars, you're going through different times. And, uh, and he realized he can't see them, but he realizes their intelligence. All of this is being controlled by a race of, a race of living beings, and they have the they actually are able to manipulate this because they're existing outside of what we would not call normal time, because they had uh, this an original plan where they were sending these uh, different uh, art, um, astronauts to different uh, star systems that had the potential for uh, being able to sustain life. So it was a gamble. They were prepping these uh, astronauts, they were sending them out to space, and if lucky, you would get into a planet that's life sustaining and as the story progresses, you find out only them only one of them was lucky enough to encounter a planet capable of sustaining life uh, It's a female astronaut and she's left all alone uh, and his, his her cho- his her hope is for him to find her. And that's how the story ends. That he's on his way to find her because she's all alone in this in this particular planet. In all the other cases, uh, there were like uh, terrible events. Because, for example, they, at one point they were they encountered this planet. It was close to the event horizon of a black hole, and the the gravity was such that time passed incredibly uh, quickly. Compared to regular time, so uh, they actually had to rush through things because they they weren't aware, you know, time outside is passing at a different rate. So that was quite another mess that they had to contend with. You know, time passes so quickly, Uh, but like you say, it is unless you're like (laughs) deeply paying attention and you're you know well versed with all this parlance of uh, scientific stuff. You yeah, you lose your place in line because you look what what am i looking at what is this you know what is this drama for the, to me the significance is like for example he uh, his his adventure confirms um, validates here this the science that his daughter was working on because it was the daughter working on the science and then it was the the reason she encountered that sign is because of all the clues he was giving him from outside of time. So between the two of them, they came up with a solution to get the uh, the humanity out of the planet Earth. That's the part that I don't like. You know, why did they have to paint, you know, paint the, uh, the Earth as like it's a dying world? <laughs> but uh, that was, that was how the story ended. Is like he was on his way to meet with the with the uh, female astronaut uh, played by Anne Hathaway and uh, so well,
2: we, all my, all my, my opinion of the whole story is it's malarkey yeah you know I I, I didn't it, it, understand why people were recommending it to me because there's nothing that I saw in there that was based on science oh
1: it's I, convoluted story
2: It's a real convoluted story. There was no real messaging that I could find in it. And uh, so I don't recommend it. But, well, it is a great sci-fi story if you want to see the, you know, it's compelling that way. Um, Like I I said,
1: it's very depressing. (laughs) Like if you're looking for an upbeat story, something that fuels your high hopes, this is not it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it, okay, but, it, well, in a way, I suppose it is Walt, because when he first gets involved with uh, this whole project, the characters that were there ref- made references to they, they have shown us, they, they got you to find us, you exactly. know, they, and, and he was what? asking, who's they? But after that, they never referenced they again. Um, throughout the whole show except when he's gone through the black hole and he's with the robot the AI mm-hmm. and there was an exchange there um, concerning um, what I was just talking about which I just forgot because I got so locked in that a- all of a sudden that AI just like I couldn't not focus on it Um Yeah, It
0: sounds like one of those shows I watch and I think at the end, why the heck did I sit through this whole show? It's not to my liking.
2: Yeah, but like I say, I was cleaning at the same time, so the commercials were so long. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh. yeah like I, I dislike that uh, the mentality that uh, okay oh no let, let's not use our technical know-how to fix the issues of the planet let's let's get the hell out of here after after we poisoned and ruined everything let's go find a, a nice clean planet yeah after you ruined the one you had
2: <laughs> yeah I'm really against that mindset it's like you know vacating a house and not cleaning it when you leave you know you might not clean it as well as it could be but at least attempt to clean it you don't leave before you clean <laughs> but i'm not leaving you know i'm here for the duration um but you know the concept of our future selves manipulating us today is is really interesting and has a lot of uh depth to it it's like
1: well, there is something that you said that it is very true. And at the, time, the people that are presenting the information were not understanding that angle. When you played a recording and it was a very fast-talking lady uh, and that she was talking about the story of uh, John Teeter and uh, Trump, young Trump traveling through time and all of that and uh, the John Teeter came here from an, another year where he wanted this kind of uh, an old fashioned uh, a computer but it was capable of doing something that wasn't wasn't any lo- was no longer available in future earth so he was coming for that and that and you remember playing that recording and at one point in, in, point in the story she puts into, she questions a lot of the information that it's giving forth, because he's giving forth uh, memories of things that have happened in what be, would be our future, but his past. And like, for example, he's saying that there was a a, a war at one and uh, there was some other kind of uh, negative event at some point, and that uh, she kind of brings his information question because those points don't match and I said to you yeah but in a in a way they do because by him bringing that information to the human to the collective consciousness he stopped it from happening so he's not wrong No, he didn't
2: stop it he didn't stop it he delayed it Um, um, now think about it because um if you listen to exactly what he was saying the stuff that's happening now is happening. When he said that there would be a civil war in America, I thought that was preposterous. And yet you see it almost lining up. You know, so yes, and I agree with you that, you know, it's his past. It may not be our future. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it is not because of his interference coming here and interjecting these thoughts. But at the same time, he probably did that in order to you know help through the wake up you know in time because this is okay i started to say talk about something that um i've been thinking about we have been just talking about the black sun in this in this particular movie um I, when i started out on this mystical path i've been on one of the there, there, were, there were very few books on paranormal stuff out there In the library, you know, under a dozen. In any given bookstore, you probably wouldn't see much, if any. It was very sparse. Because, I mean, I was born in 48. So what happened was that as the subject got more popular and there were more and more books out there, you got into a lot of, let's say, current or futuristic kind of concepts. But in the beginning what you had to work with was essentially old books old esoteric books and some of the information from those old books were discussing the aborigine people in all areas of the world you know the original human beings and interestingly enough if you analyze what we can as much as we can understand about what what they their, let's say, social structure, but more importantly, the way that they looked at their reality, What would, how did they view reality? And, of course, it makes sense that they reviewed, viewed reality as something with a unification of nature and, you know, had all sorts of telepathic and essentially what we would call paranormal capabilities at the time. And that's just to set up a stage that, you know, they're all coming from the basic same understanding of the energies because that's what it was it wasn't polluted with technology well one of the stories that they had and it seemed to be in i mean i can't say that that i saw it in all of them but in, in in enough to make it to grab my attention was that they would talk about the black sun and they would talk about uh let's say the celestial celestial voyage of the earth around the sun and they would say that as we go around the sun now not our sun this 365 days this black black sun that they're talking about that they said was in the middle of the you know their universe we would know it as a galaxy now so you have this black sun and when you're going towards the black sun you're being drawn towards that energy the people on the planet go through mystical experiences. They they gain a, an immense amount of information and they become aware and awake and it's a, a wonderful time to be alive in. But then they go around the other side of it and they whiplash back out. And as they w- get farther and farther away from the black sun, they get dumber and dumber.
1: Yeah, you're describing the Yugas, the 24,000 and something years so that cycle takes takes 25,000 thousand years to go around the galactic center and uh the closer you get to the center i mean the 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 brighter and more intelligent people get the farther away they were the more ignorant they are
2: well it turns out that there is a black hole in the middle of the galaxy every galaxy has one so you've got these ancient people that seem to understand that and you know so what I think happened, and, and this I'm not going to get into all the particulars of why I was led to understand this, because that gets long stories. But what I understood from what was being presented is that in our future self, okay, maybe this very generation, we realized that we lost again. But we lost again because we couldn't get the technology to the people soon enough. Technology, okay? Because even though technology has been used by the dark side for control, it also gave us the ability of communication that is maybe the key to everything. So if you you think of our future selves having lost again, and now oh shit we're we're back in the dark ages, and we're going around the and we're gonna have to be gone for you know all that time, and oh, maybe we'll come back well, this time, what they did was that they sent back the the craft that that started like falling out of the sky at the time of the Roswell crash. There was a number of them that were carrying a tremendous amount of technological advancements such as a laser, such as um, fiber optics. Oh, there was just one after the other of different things that had become, oh, the the chip, the microchip, that had become the basis of our technological explosion. All right, all came on those crafts at that time. And when um, the guy that wrote The Day After Roswell, Colonel Caputo, not Caputo, but close to that, I always forget his name. Peter, I think, is his first name. But when he wrote about it, he was, you know, actually taking the... His job became to take these things that they had gotten off of the craft and put it into American industry so that it could be silently and secretly used to upgrade the technology without people understanding that they had scavenged stuff off of E.T. ships that had crashed. But one of the things he said in that book was that the the analysis of the, the people that died in it, the beings that died in it, that, like the autopsies and, and so, that sort of thing, that it was determined that they were not a natural creation, that they had been manipulated and they'd been manipulated to survive long-term travel in a spacecraft. And they, he, he, he was questioning, you know, where did they come from? How long have they been traveling? You know, there were questions about what's on board. And what I think was on board was um, these beings that were created by our future selves to go on a suicide mission maybe they were androids, maybe they were AI of some sort, but to go on a suicide mission to crash into those areas so that their equipment could be salvaged, therefore giving a technological boost and and increasing the amount of time that it took for the basically the Internet to bring us all together so that we're talking about this stuff right now on Radio 5G. not radio 5G, cosmic reality. So, if that's true, then we were given this opportunity to make the adjustments and to make more people aware so that we can anchor in this new reality and not have to go around and get stupid for another 24, what is it, 24,000 years?
1: So well, we're uh, in this, we're, we're in the ascending curve right now because we're, uh, we're, uh, uh depending on who you're talking to, we're either halfway or the f- final part of Dopara y- Yuga, which is, uh, the uh, uh, electric age where ele- electricity is a commonplace thing that you use every day. After this comes Kreta Yuga, which is the mental age. Where uh, you, it, it's a commonplace thing to you that you live live your life by you the powers of the mind. So I I hope that's going to be interesting, and they're not going to use the mind to do to blow up things. Hopefully, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I just
2: it, it, it it's it's totally intriguing. Um, what's happening now because. All right, we're talking for some people that have listened to us forever. you know that we talk about this stuff all the time, but for people that may be kind of not so familiar with us, um you may be going like, "Are these people talking my language to them <laughs> what are what are they talking about?" But the reality is is that there is a reality out there where you've got e t s and that are helping out the secret space program and you've got ETs that are working with the Space Force, the American New Space Force, there's a lot of this extraterrestrial interaction. Now, the problem is, and I mentioned this on, a, on another show, but the problem is is that at the same time that you really want to begin to disclose the true scope of what is basically the good guys, even though there's a contentions between the secret space program people but you know basically the good guys the ones that are working together the galactic federation for one thing um, that you got that and they're trying to make disclosure a little bit at a time in subtle ways but the dark side has gotten to the point that they're running out of options and so now they have to scare everybody by an attack of E.T.'s dangerous killing machines going to eat you Um, and the only people the only way you're going to survive is if you give up all your freedoms everything and you do whatever the state tells you to do and the state will be taken over by the UN uh, and you know there you go you know the whole planet's under these it's it's less than 1% of the population they're crazy bullies you know just stand up to them and I know somebody's going to get hurt I'm not saying you're not, but you're gonna get we're all gonna get hurt if some people don't if we all don't start standing up and um i'm I'm real excited about the things that I see happening, but not those movies <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like, yeah, I hope there's a version of myself out there where I'm writing movies. I could write some really good movies. I kind of see that. My, everything in my life is like a movie. A story. Um, so, Dolly, anything else you got on your plate?
0: Anything else? You guys lost me at the beginning of that discussion. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't... I, it sounded to me like one of those movies. Why the hell did I watch this? I just wasn't following along with you.
1: Her tiles are more interested in the the movie.
2: (laughs) Now, what color are those tiles?
0: Well, this is going to sound ugly to you, but it's going to go with the rest of the decor. Um, They are a dark gray. You might call it a light black, like that. But they have these uh, streaks that that goes through like one streak each tile that is uh like a a medium gray but and she's getting the real real wide baseboards we're going to paint those white and and the walls in the living room are uh like a teal, but like a, a light, like a teal color with. They're they're really pretty green. I say green, but that says, "Mom, that that's not green." But to me, uh, like a mint green, darker mint green thing. And then the the dining room is white, and the hallway is white, so it really will the floor will go with the tiles or vice versa i don't know how to say it and then we got furniture that is bla- black and white kind of kind of like a tweed but not a tweed multi multicolor black and white colors and gray and and it's the kind that of, it goes back uh, a recliner and it has a by the neck it has this piece that comes out and and hooks on your or lays on your neck and it's so comfortable it's just so freaking comfortable and then it has uh the furniture has the hooks where you can Charge your phones or your or your computers, or and uh, it's gonna look you nice. You got you
2: got you got to, you got to put a spit sticker on that thing. You're sitting in a an what? electromagnetic it's It's sticker. You're sitting in an electromagnetic field. Oh.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll do that. Remind me, okay? I'll put sticker on on uh, both of them, because. We got a love seat and just, and it does the same thing as the recliner. So I'll have to put it on all of them. Sherry liked it so much, she bought herself a blue, multicolor blue one outfit. So she's having it delivered in August. And we're having ours on July 1st. Delivered because the tile will be done on the month before July's thirtieth, June thirtieth, and that's uh, when we're coming back to our house.
1: But uh, well, that tile sounds very hypnotic. I mean, you'll go into a trance just by walking across the room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be nice because I can't sleep very well. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> but it's it's exciting to us. Uh, and finally, um, uh, we just told Russell, you got to get that crap out of the garage now because we need a place. They delivered the tiles today. We needed a place to put it, and Russell had all his crap in the garage. So we got rid of his crap in the garage, what else we got?
2: Well, we don't have much because we run out of time here. You want to say good night?
0: Oh, yeah. Good night, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be talking with you another time. Don't forget the love blankets. Night night.
2: Say what? Say what on Saturday? And,
1: Walter, would you like to say good night? Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Take care.
2: And,. I want to say that tomorrow we're going to have, um, wait a minute, Radio 5G. And it's going to be other voices. It, it, the other voices part of it is when I don't have a co-host to talk about this or that. So what I do is I introduce people to the type of people that I think they should be listening to just because to me they're good. You know that we've got good people out there, and um, so tomorrow we're going to be doing it. And it's noon to one, uh, to noon to two, and it's going to be about digital monitoring and uh, di- digital enslavement, and then on the UFO disclosure thing. Thanks, everybody. That's, that's what I
0: have Infinite was saying. Other voices.
2: Okay. Goodbye, I gotta too. go. Bye. Did you
1: the unknown
2: you have been listening to the cosmic reality radio show produced by cosmic reality radio thank you for listening
1: choose your